Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So there have been an awful lot of nutrition questions. There have been an awful lot of training questions kind of coming in over the last little while about what to believe, what not to believe, who to believe, who not to believe. And we're kind of in an information overload, which sometimes can be a good thing, sometimes can be too much of a good thing, and sometimes it can be a bad thing, in that we don't know who to to really believe. Um, and I think the episode today is going to be kind of like the biggest kind of health diet training kind of busting myth busting kind of side of things um and i think it's important to kind of get the right information out there so it will help more people um and like some of the people that i highly value their content and the information they put out is the likes of martin mcdonald or martin nutrition you've got the likes of ben carpenter or bdc carpenter on instagram you have got the likes of um teacher triceps who does incredible information you've got richie Kerwin, uh, who's also been on the podcast you've got jane real nutrition who puts out stuff as well um and the, it, normally what i would say about kind of who to believe and who not to believe is that if it's too good to be true it's normally too good to be true um and so a lot of people from experience do kind of sweat the small stuff when it kind of comes to kind of going on a weight loss journey they believe certain things and i just kind of want to kind of get rid of any stigmas or any misguidance or um incorrect information that they they may feel um so the number one is these are going to be kind of quick points and i've no idea i think i've got a few written down so one point would be kind of dieting means you you have to feel hungry and you're going to be hungry all the time kind of if you feel hungry all the time when dieting then you are more than likely doing it wrong you are probably going too aggressive for your own good and i know we all want results yesterday but it's important to say to yourself especially if you are counting on my fitness pal that when you enter in your goal and more often than not most people will enter in they want a two pound goal of weight loss per week um which is quite aggressive um most of my clients will probably aim for around half a pound to a pound a week um depending on their on their level and everyone's people dependent if someone is very very overweight and is is obese well then we'll probably go a little bit more aggressive in order to kind of get quick wins and then kind of steady it down after that if someone's coming to me with probably a little bit less to lose well then it's probably less aggressive and it's a little bit more uh, subtle with the approach that we take calories can be too low and or else you may be kind of eating the the wrong types of foods to kind of help with kind of cravings and all that kind of stuff there may be times when you feel a little hungrier when dieting but it shouldn't be all the time if you are feeling hungry or not fulfilled after meals and stuff like that i'm feeling fulfilled i don't think ultimately we know what hunger means in the first world and i've said this before on podcasts and some people have taken it up the wrong way when if you're not fulfilled with your meals and stuff like that like if you're saying you've you don't you need to feel full after meals you don't necessarily feel full because i think when people feel or think full they think of like christmas dinner and they feel that they're kind of like the joey and the christmas pants kind of pull on those maternity pants that's not what we want to try and feel we want to try and feel content uh not kind of uncomfortable after all we're eating many of my clients kind of end up kind of eating greater volume on what they started with myself and what i mean by greater volume is increasing a little bit more fruit increasing a more veg so they're focusing on getting more protein onto the plate which is the likes of chicken beef there's also vegetarian and vegan options there as well 
but it's really really important to say to yourself right how can i get more veg onto my plate the veg will help you with bloating it will help you with digestion it will help you go to the bathroom for number two plus it will also help to keep you full plus it will also help to give you more minerals and vitamins in your diet which will ultimately give you more uh, energy and stuff like that so it could definitely definitely help if you are feeling consistently hungry there's something wrong with what you're doing for girls it's a little bit different particularly when kind of cravings can set in but the, the basics are still there more a little bit more protein a little bit more veg a little bit more fruit to regulate those sugar levels those blood sugar levels obviously when you kind of have when you're kind of craving and i spoke about this on, on if you want to listen back to kind of the female fat loss episodes and the craving episodes that i've done listen back to those but if you are having kind of there's nothing wrong with carbohydrates but if you're having carbohydrates they can spike up your sugars and then you crash back down you're hungry two seconds later well you could be better off is adding more volume so if you think of your stomach like a bag if you're having more vegetables and fruit in, in into it it's filling up the bag a little bit more so that's your stomach and you may not feel as hungry it's key to kind of find the right balance uh reducing enough calories to elicit the actual fat loss because uh, we know that it is calories in calories out but it is a little bit more to that and that's what i'm gonna one of my points is but it's also we don't want to dent your performance in the gym we don't want to dent your your mood how you feel like if your sleep is all over the place and then you're going on a really really aggressive diet you're going to rebound you're potentially going to overeat you're potentially not going to be able to live by this and asking yourself would i rather be kind of losing weight um, and it's you don't always have to be on a diet if you're always on a diet you're doing something wrong dieting the definition of a diet means short term so it's really really important to understand that you can't be on a diet all the time and you shouldn't be on a diet all the time it's it's, it's important to kind of elicit and incorporate kind of diet breaks in there and what i mean by a diet break is giving yourself bringing yourself back up to potentially maintenance calories which is to say if you're on 1600 calories and you're still losing weight potentially bring it back up to 18 1900 calories and it's finding what range works for you uh, and trying to figure out what calculation there are so many calculators out there harris benedict there isn't much discrepancy between the two so the main thing is increase your water as well will help your energy help your mood it will help with the bloating if you have any bloating it will help with digestion help you go to the bathroom and that will really really help so number one is you shouldn't be hungry all the time if you are dieting dieting doesn't mean you dieting means feeling hungry which is a complete and utter lie you shouldn't be hungry all the time if you're dieting number two is the breakfast is the most important meal of the day i think this i've spoken about this before and i've had uh jane on uh talking about this as well um i think and breakfast is is an incredible meal but ultimately is it is still a meal so the research was come from the likes of kellogg's who are the creator of cornflakes and from on some other cereals and they were the ones that paid for this study they were the ones that paid for this research so ultimately it's already biased because they're looking for a certain they're looking for a certain agenda in the research in order to pinpoint out and try to market to us yes i was brought up with that whole mentality that you need to have breakfast in order to start your day off right if you want to have breakfast amazing does, does it mean you have to have breakfast at seven or eight o'clock in the morning no you can have breakfast a little bit later to pet i know i'm generally not hungry first thing in the morning what i first try, when i try to get into my body first thing in the morning is or is a glass of water and my vitamins i just feel i don't don't feel hungry in the morning some other people i know i had Maeve cavanaugh and she talks that she's quite hungry in the mornings and she wants to eat first thing in the morning it's people dependent and then what you could also do if you don't really want to have breakfast in the morning it's kind of linking in with kind of like the likes of intermittent fasting intermittent fasting is 
one of these things that has been potentially glorified in the media potentially glorified in so on social media it's a tool it's it's useful if you want to do it but literally intermittent fasting fasting is 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating so you do all your eating within those eight hours and within those eight hours if you are you are counting calories you eat your calorie allowance within those eight hours that's essentially what it is by having by not having breakfast it's not going to ruin your metabolism it's not going to do anything but what it can do is it can set you set you up for like say three meals each day and create a routine and create a habit about literally eating regular meals so that you don't go too hungry and then potentially overindulge especially in the evenings when most people are doing it with what's going on now at the minute people are pottering around the house a little bit aimlessly um, and it's potentially what I've been trying to get my clients to do and this is what I do I focus on having three main meals a day and then a couple of snacks in the middle and that's what I aim for but that's me personally because that's my personal preference and I know how I how I work and how I tick with those three meals what I try to get to into my body is protein with each meal vegetables with each meal and some carbohydrates carbohydrates are going to give me some energy the vegetables are going to give me some energy the protein is going to help me repair my muscles going to uh, help me my immune function and help me repair for um, after my training sessions and that's ultimately what it is so the whole thing of breakfast is the most important meal of the day is isn't warranted at all it's paid research and it's 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 a little bit it's it's not there it's not uh amazing information and i think should be potentially neglected so the next one is that if you have that eating protein is bad for your kidneys and this is one that kind of comes up a good bit um particularly when people start off um dieting because they hear protein and they kind of freak out um some girls can freak out as well because they think that it's going to make them bulky um you guys have not got enough enough testosterone which is the male hormone in order to be bulky protein is a very very important macronutrient uh in relation to um digestion uh, it can be a little bit harder to digest so that would be my side of caution on it but it can help with muscle repair it can make you f- uh, feel fuller for longer as well which is it's a great tool for kind of dieting and potentially around your cravings and stuff like that it can it can help with your immune system and immune function as well um but the it's really really important that if you have underlying kidney issues well then it can be a little bit impact on your kidneys but generally it's not there's no there's no research there's no there's no real health risks of eating a high protein diet high protein diet it's but i try to when i'm working with my clients i give them kind of some of them a calorie target if they want to count calories some of them don't count calories at all but we work towards a kind of can we get protein with with each meal and then will that help what that will help with is keeping them fuller throughout the day so if they have a little bit in the breakfast in the morning potentially a little bit of greek yogurt potentially something in the the afternoon with a little bit of chicken and then it's not about having a chicken broccoli diet either it's about trying to include the protein in order for to help with muscle growth to help with keeping fuller fuller for longer but unless you have an underlying kidney issue there is no risk of over indulging on protein it will literally come down to the calorie target that you are aiming for if you are counting your calorie calories so the next one is regarding a supplement called creatine which seems to get an unfair rep in the media and has for a long long time the big thing about creatine is that it is the most studied supplement in the world or one of the most studied supplements in the world along with protein and stuff like that they the the research would say that 
or the, the media, should I say, have potentially said that it can be detrimental to certain organs. And I'm here to say that it doesn't do that. It's the most researched thing in the world. Um, it is generally the dosage will be two to four grams of creatine uh, and you will increase your water alongside that as well. Um, it can cause cramping um, just a little bit in your stomach when you first start doing it. You take it with water. You can get flavored one or else you can get a, pl- a bland enough one. I use take it with water. It doesn't really matter if you take it before or after, but there's a minimal if any uh, slight uh, gain if you take it after your workout and post-workout along with your protein and stuff like that it's not going to have any impact on your kidneys or your liver or anything like that that like like some of the old bro kind of articles and stuff like that say it will it will help with your strength it will help with your um overall training as well um and it's it's really really good for girls and stuff like that particularly with kind of bone health um and all brain function and stuff like that and that's one of those things we we naturally have creatine in our body it's just that we potentially need a little bit more like there's creatine in steaks uh, and some meats and stuff like that so it's it's not detrimental to your health it's it's really really well studied um and that's a very very brief overview of creatine um so if you listen back to one of the other episodes i think it was with rebecca or aka teach triceps uh she talks about creatine so if you listen back to that episode she'll give you a little bit more information on that the next one is that calories in calories out is all that matters when it comes to weight loss and this is one of those things that people can get bogged down in we all know that though creating a calorie deficit by burning more energy than you take in is the most important factor when it comes to weight loss it's not the only thing that matters and it's i think it's going to be oversimplified oversimplified by some people and that potentially needs to kind of be there needs to be a little bit more context put behind it relying kind of solely on calorie intake doesn't account for the large number of variables that may prevent someone from losing weight even when on a very very low calorie diet for example hormonal imbalances like the likes of pcos and stuff like that health conditions like hypothyroidism um and there's certain use of medications and genetics are some of the factors that may make weight loss uh, for some people a little bit more difficult than others the likes of pcos we've just spoken about with the the likes of claire i've done solo episodes on pcos your the the weight that you need to have or the food that you need to have uh, to remain the same weight maybe 40 percent less than someone who doesn't have pcos so there are other factors that can come into it uh if you have think you have an underactive thyroid i would go and get the test first um i know i've i've had clients before that say they've had it and then once they get the test back they haven't had it at all so it's important to make sure you're you're all good get that um, get the nct or the mot where it depends where you're listening to this on your bloods and make sure that everything is all good the what this concept of calories in calories out also fails to emphasize the importance of sustainability and diet quality for for weight loss and it's really really important and trying to find that balance for yourself the the following calories in calories out method typically concentrates solely on the calorie value of foods not their nutrient value and it's really really important to have the likes of vegetables fruit all that kind of stuff in and generally when people kind of go on a diet they go for the lower calorie options they go for what they see in the in the shop like slimline bagels or thin bagels or thin something or slim or they see protein in the shop or on a bar or something like that i would probably say to like nutrient nutrient poor foods like rice cakes and, and egg whites over higher quality higher calorie nutrient dense foods like whole eggs um can can be more beneficial 
they can lead to more sustainable they can be a little bit a little bit better for you in regards to a little bit more appetite control and can help with kind of the protein and stuff like that rice cakes there's nothing wrong with them there's nothing wrong with egg whites but i know from someone like myself who did it when i was on the photo shoot egg whites were one of my go-to's i ate them and i can't look at them now that i just you're you're better off kind of potentially looking for what you can tweak in your routine what you can tweak in your diet so not it doesn't necessarily always come down like the, the basic premise of losing weight is your calorie intake but there are a lot more factors in relation to hypothyroidism the the likes of pcos that kind of stuff that does come into it as well so i just want to kind of get that kind of get that myth kind of out there that there is a little bit more to the whole um calories calories in calories out uh argument that's kind of put out there in the media and just thrown around willy-nilly the next one is in relation to you need to eat small frequent meals for kind of optimal health and so your metabolism doesn't slow down this is going to be quite brief so eating small frequent meals regularly throughout the day is a method used by many people to for weight loss and stuff like that it's also if you're trying to build muscle or you're a bodybuilder you eat a little bit more frequent and that's generally when i would encourage people to potentially have a little bit more meals and eat like four to six meals because you need to kind of keep that protein uh, threshold up uh, and that's why for if you're a bodybuilder and trying to grow muscle it's generally eat better to eat a little bit more it's nothing to do with your metabolism but it's generally better to eat a little bit more often however if you are it if whatever works for you so say if you don't have breakfast and you only eat your lunch and your dinner and you come in within your calorie guideline or roughly come in within your calorie threshold you'll you'll either stay the same weight or else you'll potentially lose a little bit of weight as well. So it's, it depends on what works for you. Your metabolism won't sink. Your metabolism won't start working. It won't pause, put, a, put a pause button on it working at all. It's what works for you. What I've been trying to uh, trying to with some of my clients is, because they've been in at home, is trying to create, get them to have three main meals a day and just creating a routine. It also gets them away from their desk, gets them away from their phones, gets them away from a computer or a phone, whatever it may be. We've all been living busy lives. There are medical conditions such as diabetes and kind of IBS and stuff like that, or if you're pregnant, may benefit from more frequent meals uh, because potentially if you have IBS, you may not be able to uh, digest as much food in one sitting so you may need to have smaller meals throughout that and also it's the likes of diabetes you have to be quite careful with your carbohydrate intake in relation to your insulin so there are benefits to both but to say that you need to have it for optimal health or that's going to damage your metabolism if you don't is 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 not justified at all the next one is kind of in relation to a training uh, style of training called hit which is high intensity interval training which has been kind of popularized by the likes of joe wicks and kind of some other fitness people out there and don't get me wrong joe has done an incredible um job of getting more people moving which is what we need to try and do is we need to we have two legs um, majority of us um and i think we take it for granted we have the opportunity to move a little bit more but to say that hit is the best side of training i wouldn't necessarily agree the best side of training is what you enjoy the but i think people go into the style of hit they go into that style thinking that they're going to be burning more calories we ultimately do not burn as many calories as you think doesn't matter what side of workout you're doing we do not burn as many calories as you think when we're on a spin bike or on doing a high intensity class or doing a conditioning class i think we need to try and move away from the whole things of calories burnt 
in order with our and link that linking that to exercise i think it's really really important that we try to move more towards it for your own mental health to seeing what you enjoy to seeing what you what what you involve and what you want to get involved in obviously now it's a little bit different you may be a little bit more restricted but what's ultimately going to be good for your head and you're good good for your body is something that you can last on I know I've done hit style training with the likes of Insanity. I've done Joe Wicks's plan as well, and I've openly said that. Um, but one thing that I found was that I was absolutely knackered. My joints were sore, and it just wasn't for me. If you're someone who is severely overweight and you go into that style of plan, your joints are going to be sore. Potentially starting off easier, easing yourself back into the gym could be more beneficial. Or else, if you're not into the gym at all, could be just as benef- as as beneficial going into walking is hit style beneficial yes but you may not recover in time if your sleep is all over the place and you're tired all the time hit style training may not be of benefit to you in relation to it might not be sustainable it might be a benefit to you for your own head and it's up to you on that regard but if you are doing like hit style training should be high intensity so if you're doing kind of like 20 minutes of it and you're still not knackered you're not pushing yourself enough in it and that's the important thing as well you have to push yourself if you are doing it but the important thing is the recovery afterwards if you're completely utterly knackered and then you're trying to jump around the living room doing burpees doing, doing jump lunges and your kneecaps and your body and your lower back is wrecking yourself i don't think that's a benefit to yourself you're better off trying to pick something else if you're doing one hit session a week and you feel fine doing it on your conditioning day amazing because it's great for your heart health and it might get your endorphins going but to, you don't need to be sweaty you don't need to be killing yourself in each session it's about listening to your body and if you're sleeping is not amazing well then you need to look at your rest so hit it can be beneficial but it's about picking the style of training that you enjoy i think the next one is one kind of in relation to weight loss and people can say weight loss is easy i think a lot of people can be fooled by the dramatic before and after pictures used by some companies and stories of rapid weight loss attained with kind of little or no effort. We don't necessarily know what that person's starting point was. That person's starting point could say that they were 12 weeks ago, but we don't necessarily know what it is. Like I put up my progress pictures, I put up my client's progress pictures, but they are all and I will declare how, how long they were before each other. Weight loss is not easy. It requires consistency. It requires a look inside and a bit of self-love. It requires some hard work and kind of patience and showing up. And I think what most people should struggle with the most is, or can struggle with the most, is the kind of the, the self-love aspect and just showing up. Plus, genetics can also play a massive factor. We cannot blame our genetics solely for potentially being overweight, but they can play a role in where our store our fat is where we can't spot reduce our belly fat we can't spot reduce our or our leg fat or whatever it may be it's about consistency about patience and i wish there was a sexier way i wish i could be the person that would be able to spot reduce belly fat or whatever it may be and make billions out of it but i'm not going to be that person i'm not going to make these sweeping statements that's not what i'm here for if you're struggling to lose weight you're not alone there are so many people out there because there's so much information and that's what my job is i want to try and put out the correct information for you guys the best thing to do is drain out the the weight loss noise that you're exposed to every day if someone on your social media feed is impacting your mood or you're watching their journey you're you're comparing your journey or potentially having a victim mentality of kind of why are they doing better than me you potentially ask yourself what are they doing that i'm not doing and that could be easy as just kind of getting proper night's sleep that could be also just trying to get more veg and fruit into their diet that could be going out for walks most days i'm emphasizing that i said most days uh, doing as best as you can 
kind of reducing that noise exposure they have every day and finding a nourishing and kind of sustainable activity level that works for you you are better off going to train or walking or whatever it may be three or four times a week rather than kind of saying to yourself i'm gonna go seven and then the next week you, you you never go you're better off finding some sort of element that works for you weight loss can be difficult and is difficult for most people and it requires consistency it requires hard work self-love and patience but what i mean by hard work it doesn't mean that it's literally hammer yourself in with a load of hit sessions it doesn't mean go to the gym seven days a week it means finding a balance and a style of training and a style of self-care and empathy that will work for you there are so many factors that kind of come into play and that's one of those the, one of the things that i've mentioned already about the whole um things that calories in calories out kind of does come into it but it isn't the sole thing that kind of comes into it the next one is in relation to kind of tracking calories is necessary for weight loss and i think this has kind of come up more and more in the last little while particularly a lot more questions are coming in regarding this um i think calorie counting can some people can get obsessed with it some people can kind of use it as a death sentence it's a tool it's not a death sentence and nor should it be and if your calories are too low talk to your coach talk to like have a look and see what's more sustainable for you we all want results yesterday but that's not going to happen there's no need to obsess over your calorie intake and track every morsel of food that passes your lips in order to lose weight you don't need to weigh everything there's an amazing barcode scanning function on the on my fitness pal which is really really handy to scan the back packs of food and stuff like that it's not like as if you are given a calorie target and say you're on say 1500 calories this is a number i've picked out of my head and then at 1501 calories you're going to you're going to gain weight it's not like that you're you're better to work off a range so say if my one of my clients for example would be say on say 2000 calories to 2200 calories so they're given a range um they potentially need around 2500 to 2600 calories in order to um remain the same weight so we bring it down to three to five hundred calories and that will give them an average weight loss of about half a pound to a pound on average yes there will be weeks where it goes up there will be weeks that it goes down but that's generally what we kind of work for although food tracking can be a useful tool and and when trying to lose weight and lose body fat it's not right for everyone there are different approaches i have clients who haven't tracked ever uh, and some of them have lost 25 kilos i've got clients who track uh, on a more regular basis and they're doing incredible results as well it's important that if you are working with someone seeing what their approach is is it beneficial at the beginning potentially what gets tracked gets measured and that's a quote by peter drucker what's more if it's if it's overly occupying your head you're all you're thinking about is food all you're thinking about is weighing well then i think that's like the research will show that is it that is an increased tendency towards a risk of an eating disorder and potentially tracking may not be of benefit for you if you are thinking about food all the time and you're thinking about every morsel that's going into your body then i don't think tracking calories is of benefit to yourself i don't think that is a right approach for you you need to potentially work with a dietitian or work at a counselor or something like that in order to kind of look at that because most nutritionists and most pts are not qualified in relation to that unless they've done some course but most of them aren't and if they ram some ideology down your throat please 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 run away very very fast i think one of the other kind of underlying things that kind of has a been a bit of a pet peeve for myself and that one of the big myths is eating disorders only affect women and many people have assumed this that eating disorders and disordered eating tendencies only affect women in reality adolescent and adult men and adult men 
are also at risk. If you look at Freddie Flintoff, the cricket player, who was on League of Their Own and he represented England, one of England's greatest ever cricket players, he has come out and said he has had an eating disorder. He has had a eating disorder, been so open about it and a fair play to Freddie for, for, for talking about it. If you look at some of the research over the States, over 30% of adolescent men in the United States report per, poor body dissatisfaction and they use unhealthy methods to attain their ideal body type, which is not what we want to promote. We can see that girls have amazing girls like Hayley Madigan and Alex Light talk about it as a whole and they, they make sure to include the likes of men in it as well. I think men are a little bit more shyer, a little bit more uh, reserved when it start, starts to come like this or talk about this. It's important to note that eating disorders are present differently in men than women and they're more prevalent in adolescent and young men who are maybe gay or bisexual, highlighting the need for serious treatments and other disease order treatments that are adapted to the male population. And it's important to just make the discrepancy between the two. We can't just kind of stroke the brush between the girls and lads. There'll be different things going on. There are different psychological things kind of going on. Lads are very prone to kind of blocking up and not talking about their feelings and stuff like that. And that's potentially where the issue lies. And it's, it's one of those things uh, that needs to be kind of looked at and potentially the education side of things needs to be looked at as well. So to say that eating disorders only affect women, that needs to potentially be stopped and that needs to be looked at and the education in schools and, and the support network around schools and colleges and around there needs to be kind of looked at i know two or three guys that have had issues with it with it and they've been so open about it and something needs to kind of stop and something needs to be changed and the legislation i don't know what it is but something's got to stop the next one is in relation to carbs carbs are not good carbs are not bad Foods have no moral compass. There are no such things as good or bad foods. There are not amazing food choices, but there are no such thing as good or bad foods. So we need to kind of remove this stigma. I know where it stems from. It stems from the weighing clubs and all slimming clubs and stuff like that. Potentially wording, using the wording as sins. And the media have a lot to own up for a lot of what's out there and the education that's been put out there. Just as kind of like the looks, we look at the likes of fat has uh, been blamed for promoting weight gain and heart disease. Carbs have been kind of shunned by many people over years and fears that consuming this kind of macronutrient will cause obesity, diabetes and other adverse health effects. Obviously, if you have an underlying condition like PCOS or diabetes, you will have to work with some sort of system and listen to your body and work with someone on that and understand and, and cravings and stuff like that can be increased. Uh, by the likes of carbohydrates and that's why I encourage the fruit and veg so please do go back and listen to the female fat loss episode in reality eating a moderate amount of nutritious carbs that are high in fiber vitamins and minerals like starchy root vegetables grains legumes will can do no harm Uh, for example dietary patterns that contain a balanced mix of high fiber carbs mainly from produce healthy fats and proteins such as the Mediterranean diet which has shown a lot of promise uh, have been associated with a reduced risk of obesity, diabetes, cancers, and, and certain cancers and and um, heart disease. Um, however, kind of carb rich foods like cakes, cookies, sweetened beverages, and white bread should be uh, tweaked. And what I'm not saying that they're good or bad, but what they in if they are in excess and you are going over your calories 
quite considerably because they're quite easy to, to eat what can happen is they may spike up your sugar levels and then it crash back down you'll be like why can't I stop eating this and then you've got to go keep going back keep going back for more if you overindulge on those if you overindulge on any food and you're kind of going over your calorie guideline or you're over a consistent time period you were you, you're more than likely going to put on weight but to say a food is particularly bad i encourage my clients to have chocolate on a daily basis i include i try to encourage my clients to obviously if they have pcos things need to be tweaked if it's around cravings time and stuff like that we will need to tweak things and if they have pcos and stuff like that diabetes insulin is 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 incredible for type 1 diabetics in particular so please if you have if you're listening to this and you're type 1 diabetic insulin was on the podcast and owns incredible with his message and that that lad is doing extremely well he has his own podcast if you're type 1 diabetic go over and head over to to listen to own own stuff it's about finding a balance too much of one thing too much of anything is potentially not amazing for us but if you can find a balance between your carbohydrates your fruit your veg your protein that's it really like the carbs are not bad for you carbs are not evil they're not going to cause you to wait to gain weight it's what you eat on a whole basis over time that is going to make you gain weight or lose weight or stay the same weight depends on what your goal is and that kind of leads into one of the last points i think i think i have a few more notes written down but i'm I, if i go through all the myths I, i'll never get off the microphone uh kind of one of the myths that kind of comes through is eating carbs before bed will make you store fat if you're sleeping your body like one of the things that kind of comes through is if you're sleeping your body won't use up the carbs and will therefore store them as fat that's complete not horse manure and that's me being very very polite the, real, the reality is that you will still burn off these carbs as you sleep uh, as we're kind of fidgeting we're kind of burning calories without realizing as i'm t- recording this episode my hands are moving i'm talking i'm blinking i'm i'm burning calories as we speak i may not be burning many but i am burning some but i hate to see movement i hate to see the, the whole thing being being demonized um if you're if you're training hard and your body is resting and digesting and it's important to have those carbohydrates to replenish your kind of your energy stores your glycogen stores as you sleep it's not like as in at six o'clock or before six o'clock and you have carbohydrates they won't make you put on weight and then at 601 as soon as that 601 hits on the clock that you're going to put on weight that's not how it works that's not what what this whole thing is foods cannot tell the time just like they don't have a moral compass you have to look at kind of carbohydrates as they might actually help you to sleep a little better too carbs release uh, neurotransmitters called serotonin uh, in the brain that promote greater relaxation and deeper sleep so they can help you kind of sleep a little bit more as well the better you sleep the better your results will be the better mood you will have the better food choices you will have the more energy you will have for your your sessions with fully restocked glycogen stores and a good night's sleep you will have the potential to feel yourself better for training feel better have more mood have a libido for a healthy sex life as well and that's really really important that you do kind of include the the the, the carbohydrates in your routine particularly for girls if you're if you are a person who prefers to train in the morning there's no other benefit to kind of training fast it's completely personal preference that doesn't burn more fat faster cardio that's one of the other myths i was going to talk about but i'm just going to interrupt it now but if you're a girl i think it's i think from if you look at stacy stims say stacy sims research um she is the creator of roar so if you're a girl and a girl a female athlete she's incredible i would definitely give her a shout and i would love to get her on the podcast one day she's one of the, the top ones i would love to get on and i think 
if you're having if you are training fasted as a girl i would probably encourage you to have even a little bit of spoonful of peanut butter or a banana or some of that beforehand and if you are one of those that can't even look at food in the morning potentially have a little bit of oats or something like that the night before um and that may help you um improve your training the next morning because if you're going to if you're going training fast and you may not have enough energy it's and it's important to kind of start start the day well for yourself and so that you have enough energy for your sessions and not putting yourself into a negative calorie balance from the off um so that's that's the two cents on that eating carbs before bed will not make you sore fat so that's really really important to to understand that and that also links in with the fasted cardio there is no added benefit to kind of losing weight or losing fat it is personal preference if you want to train fasted i normally train fasted first thing in the morning i prefer to get up in the morning i have more energy my energy will dip down in the afternoon and the evenings given that it depends on your schedule there will be days where i have to train in the afternoons there'll be days i want to train in the afternoon should i say there'll be days that i don't want to train at all but i know my energy will be a peak point first thing in the morning while other people can't even do that they prefer to train late at night but then you've got the implication of potentially you will be uh, very very awake you will be really really high in endorphins and stuff like that and you may not be able to get to sleep while others will be able to get to sleep so it is completely and utterly personal preference think that the last point that i'm going to talk about is kind of the point that some people talk about is saturated fat is bad for you so saturated fat is not bad for you uh there's an episode I recorded with richie kerwin uh so if you want to guys listen to that on talking about fats an awful lot trans fats and other processed fats can be not amazing for you um in higher doses that's the likes of lard and all that kind of stuff but that's you you would have to eat an incredible amount of that in order for it to be detrimental to your health and that's like anything if you're ever eating everything in moderation it's all good but a lot of people find extremes easy and moderation very difficult we live in a world of extremes and it's important to find out what balance works for you saturated fats from natural sources are great butter coconut oil eggs example are essential for many different functions in the body particular hormonal synthesis including saturated fats from high quality natural sources is essential for optimal health function and body composition kind of like the examples of saturated uh, fats would be butter coconut oil red meat eggs mono unsaturated would be nuts nut butters olive oil avocados unsaturated would be fish oils flax seeds oily fish walnuts so the one warning i would say about fats is for every one gram of fat it equals about nine calories for every one gram of protein it's about four calories for every one gram of carbohydrates it's about four calories so they are over double the amount of calories compared to um the other two macronutrient sources so it is important to realize that so it is important to kind of like if you're having peanut butter relying on that protein it may not be the most amazing source of protein because it's higher in calories and you could potentially get the, the same amount of protein um from a chicken fillet or you can get it from fish or whatever what is your whatever is your preference fats are not bad for you uh, everything in moderation so when someone comes to you and says this food is bad for you i would probably slap them no one but it's important to say to yourself right foods cannot be good or bad there's no moral compass it's important to say to yourself you don't have to be hungry when dieting including your fruit your fred your veg your fruit your water your protein too much protein will not damage your kidneys if you don't have an underlying kidney issues breakfast can be an important meal of the day but it's not the most important meal of the day it's nothing about your metabolism or anything like that it's paid for it by kellogg's 
Uh, creatine is not bad for you. Uh, two to four grams along with water can definitely help. Uh, calories in versus calories out. There are other factors that are implemented in that. Girls, you won't get bulky. Weight loss can be difficult for some people depending on genetics, but genetics cannot be blamed on it completely alone. There are ways around it. You just may have to be a little bit more patient. A patient eating before bed will make you fat or eating carbs before bed will make you fat is complete and utter rubbish as well. And the other, the other one was you need to eat regular meals or your metabolism metabolism will slow down. And I think that needs to be put to bed as well. There's a lot of myths in there. There's a few other ones that are regarding faster cardio. Uh, there were other ones that I was going to talk about in relation to too, too much sugar in fruit. There are other things to worry about than uh, sugar in fruit. Sugar, like any food, is not bad for you in, in moderation. And it, it, it can be, especially around cravings time, your body may need a little bit more sugar in order to help with those cravings. You may have a sweet tooth, you may have a savoury tooth, depends what kind of girl you are or person you are. And it is important to incorporate that kind of food in. But it's everything in moderation. And that is that literally is the line. It, it sounds so so basic, sounds so simple, but implementing it into your routine and into your life and not seeing food and putting it up on pedestals, it can be difficult for a lot of people. If you have an underlying issue like kidneys or something like that, if you have diabetes or if you have PCOS or anything like that, please do go talk to, or if you have an eating disorder, please do go talk to a specialist around that. PCOS can be managed, diabetes can be managed, but it's about finding a routine that works for you and that's like any journey. It doesn't matter if it's a weight loss journey, a building muscle journey. It's about what you can adhere to and we're running your own race, not comparing yourself to other, not adopting a victim mentality because this person's doing this or this person's looking like that and making it work for you. I Hopefully these myths have helped. If you guys have enjoyed the episode at all, please do tag me up on your story. I will continue doing these as much as you guys keep promoting it keep sharing it keep sharing things i'll do them as much as possible you guys are in control of this so if you guys aren't enjoying the episodes let me know if you guys are enjoying the episodes please do feed give me some feedback hope you found this useful guys gets rid of some of the bullshit that's out there um and if you have any questions at all feel free to pop them on and if you have any questions on what i've said or questioning any of that please please do kind of pop me a message on that as well thank you so much for listening Uh, If you enjoy it, share it and please do leave a review up on iTunes.